0: Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Audrey, and I'm your host. A single mom never gives in and never gives up. We can't help but feel inspired by this quote every time we hear it, and we know how much you guys love it when we've shared it on our Instagram, and it's really a great way to start this episode about one of our favorite single moms who is killing it. Stacey Freeman is the lifestyle editor here at Worthy, and we are really lucky to have her. I had so much fun doing this interview with her, and I think what's so special about Stacey's story is that she found her inner strength during a really difficult time. There's this moment that we all know about when it feels like you're stuck on the floor and you can't even imagine how you're going to get up and keep it together for you and your kids. And you'll hear this moment in the episode where I was kind of celebrating how well Stacy was able to do that. And she sort of interrupts me to insist that there's nothing special about her, that it's really something that we all have inside of us. She has done such a beautiful job of rewriting her life story, and she's such a good reminder to all of us that we really have the power to do that too. Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle is a weekly podcast, so make sure you subscribe to keep up with new episodes. We're curating to help empower and uplift you as you embrace your fresh start. This podcast is for you, so reach out to us at podcast@worthy.com to let us know what you think and what you want to hear. You can also get more from us at worthy.com slash podcast. We're going to take a quick break and then we will be right back with Stacy. When you sell a piece of jewelry, you can't control how much it's worth, but you can make sure that you're selling smart with a team of experts and advocates behind you at Worthy. Your engagement ring can be a financial asset that allows you to embrace a new and fulfilling life after divorce. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com slash podcast to learn more. I am very excited that today I am joined by the founder of Right on Track. She is also the lifestyle editor here at Worthy, and you can find her writing about career reinvention, parenting issues, and all things life after divorce on the Worthy blog, The Washington Post, Cosmopolitan, Scary Mommy, Pop Sugar, and approximately 1 million other places. She is such a wonderful writer and she does such a great job of talking about life after divorce and all of the difficult and wonderful things that are a part of that experience. So I'm very excited to welcome Stacey Freeman to the podcast. Hi, Stacey.
1: Hi Audrey, it's great to be here.
0: Well, we are so excited that you're here. You are such a big and important part of Worthy and the way that we connect to our audience. So this is a really special episode and we're so excited you're here. Thank you. So I want to start, maybe you can just give us a little bit of an introduction to your story and your work as a writer.
1: Okay, so I was a stay-at-home mom for most of my marriage. I have three children um, who are now 17, 16, and 13. And I married my high school sweetheart, and we were together for a total of 24 years Mm -hmm. and married for 16 and a half of them. Right, And sort of out of nowhere, uh, my marriage ended. And so my ex husband, my now ex husband, moved overseas permanently. He lives in Hong Kong. And I was put in the position where I had to regroup and start my life over. And I was 39 years old, and I have, knock on wood, a long life ahead of me. And, you know, a lot of things I wanted to do. And I had to think about where I was going to go from the point of separation forward.
0: Right. So let's talk a little bit about this point of separation and kind of what happened. Let's break it down a little bit and look at like, when did you know that all of a sudden a change was coming? Because I know that it was sudden, right?
1: Right. Well, like so many people, I was, you know, involved in my day-to-day life and, you know, I wasn't really thinking about divorce. It was never on the radar Mm -hmm. for me. And My ex-husband, my then-husband, was commuting back and forth to Asia for his job and coming home uh, about uh, once a month, you know, once every one to two months. And um, we were living this life where we weren't living together, but we spoke on the phone every day, and we were just very involved with talking about the kids, and everything seemed okay, you know, at the time, but... You know, when you look back, of course, hindsight's twenty twenty, you know, you you, you have a, a different perspective. Mm-hmm. But he had called me up and basically said, I'm done with our marriage. I've moved on.
0: Oh my God.
1: And so I was in a state of shock.
0: Of course. You know, yeah.
1: What do you mean you've moved on? We have a house, three kids, a cat. It it just didn't make sense to me. And I thought he was jet lagged from traveling and when he came home a few days later, everything started to unravel and become mm-hmm. a reality where it wasn't before it was just a statement that I thought it would blow over, which it did not.
0: So up until that point, you had been a stay-at-home mom for several years,
1: right? Yeah. Basically, I got married during my second year of law school, at the beginning of my second year of law school. And um, I worked for about a year and a half and then became pregnant. Okay. So I didn't work once I became a mother. I worked inside the house, I should say.
0: Right. And so now all of a sudden, it was like the rug had been pulled out from under you. Absolutely. totally felt like it was coming out of nowhere. And your identity was like totally wrapped up in this idea of being a mother and a wife. And then all of a sudden, you are a mother and you're not going to be somebody's wife anymore. Right. Right. That must've been totally overwhelming, but how did you pivot with your kids? I mean, I know that your husband, he was working overseas and he wasn't there a lot, but did it feel
1: like, but there's a different reality when someone says they're not coming back. And although he wasn't living in the house, he, he was still my husband, and mm-hmm. um, there was just a different understanding of what my role was, what his role was, and just the way my home felt. Right.
0: So you said you worked for about a year when you had your- A year and a half. Okay. I had
1: worked about a year and a half after As law school. As a lawyer? Uh, no, I never practiced. Oh, okay. Um, Sorry. That's a whole separate story. I never practiced. I worked outside the field. And then I became pregnant unexpectedly. And I was on my third interview for a job that I really wanted a consulting job Mm -hmm. and discovered I was pregnant. And so I passed on the third interview. I was going to pursue motherhood. I was very happy. And I ended up having a miscarriage. So I wound up with no job prospect and no baby. Wow. At the time. So I, again, reinvented and regrouped and figured out what I was going to do because I wasn't happy with my choice of going to law school. That wasn't really where I wanted to be. And I realized that early on uh, when I was in law school, but still finished anyway. And I took a few months and I was going to go back to graduate school for education. And the day I received my acceptance letter, I found out I was pregnant with my daughter. And proceeded in that direction. And after she was born, I had my second daughter 14 months later, and then my son a few years after that. So never ended up going back to work. And during that time, we moved overseas.
0: So how many years were you out of the workforce then when your separation happened?
1: From 1999 until uh, 2000, I would say 2012, 2013. So at least 14 years.
0: So did you know immediately that you were going to have to get back to work? or I mean, what was that moment like when you had been living the same life for so long and it was working for you and you had these three wonderful, happy kids and and all of a sudden things are going to have to change? I mean, what were you expecting? What
1: did you think? Well, it wasn't 100% working for me because I, I had never really found what I wanted to do. And so by every time I got started, I stopped. So I never really found the career that I wanted. So when I got divorced, when I got separated, it seemed like the perfect opportunity. I was 39, turning 40, and I just had this wonderful opportunity, this blank canvas to figure out what I was going to be when I grow up. And um, I had always wanted to be a writer. And after toying with the idea of being a lawyer, which I never really wanted to do, I said, you know what, I'm not doing this. And I've got to figure out another way. And so I did.
0: So you always love to write, right? Always. Okay. And all of a sudden, it's 2012, and writing probably means something different than it did before you were having kids, right? I mean, there's blogs, there's all this online content, and the opportunities for somebody who loves to write are very different than they were when you finished law school.
1: Right. So I was distraught after my divorce, my separation, Mm -hmm. for obvious reasons. It was a shock, and I really... um, I used writing as an outlet, but I also at the same time wanted to become a professional writer. So what I did was I set up a blog. I was sitting at my kitchen counter. I conceived of a logo. I conceived of a blog and my daughter, you know, she was 13, 14 years old, I guess, or maybe even younger than 12, um, helped me make a logo. Wow. Um, so yeah, and it was very basic and started a blog. I had taken a piece of writing that I had, you know, from a couple of years before, you know, and I looked at that and I had tried to publish it, you know, a decade earlier when I was living in Hong Kong. I had that sitting there. What can I do with this? And it ended up going on the blog months later. I rewrote it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I started writing about my experience up until that point someone who was just first starting to date someone who was getting separated you know going through this divorce proceeding and it just came pouring out of me wow and at the height of it I was writing you know four blog posts very detailed blog posts a week
0: wow and so
1: it just grew the audience grew because it was very raw
0: right and had you seen other examples of something like that before
1: I went online because I had also wanted this blog to be an online resume of sorts Mm -hmm. that I could showcase what I could do. So when I was writing different blog posts, they had varying styles and formats, and I really intended it to be an online resume. So I looked at a few examples and went from there and then became creative with it myself because it becomes you.
0: Right. It's so interesting to me. I didn't know that your your blog had started out as kind of a showcase of your work. I mean, now, you know, we're six years down the road and your writing gives so many people so much confidence and helps them heal and feel brave and... You know, that's really not the same thing as a resume
1: blog. Well, I, I, I don't want to say that it was just it, – it, it had a dual purpose. Mm-hmm. It was First of all, it was therapeutic right, for me sure. in a way I can't even express. It was just this unbelievable outlet. But at the same time, I had a plan. It wasn't just like I sat down and just was writing aimlessly. I had a plan. I wanted to be a professional writer. Well, mm-hmm. how do you do that when you have never worked as a writer? So – I treated it as a job. And even though I didn't make a dime for a long time, I treated it as my job. Yeah. I sat there, I wrote, I edited. I really worked for hours and hours and hours. And as I started to have posts published on different outlets, I started listing them, you know, in the bio. Here's where I've been published. And everything builds. Everything you do, you may not know what you're doing, where it's going, but you you have to turn it and make it work for you and just it builds things grow as, as long as you're pointed and you know you have a focus
0: right so i think as far as the building aspect goes i mean when you first got started and you were at your kitchen table and your daughter was helping you with the logo and everything did you know where this was going did you see the future of it
1: i mean i think there was no way to see the future mm-hmm. um You know, I was healing myself and I always felt in some way I could utilize the skills I was building and, you know, the work I was doing, it would go somewhere. I didn't know. You don't necessarily know what path you're going to be on. And there was just no way to know. But someone early on had told me because I hadn't worked in such a long time and certainly not in this field that I was going to have to be entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. about it. I was going to have to start a business because it was going to be very hard for me to get the kind of job I wanted, and I was going to have to get creative, so I did. So
0: I know that because I know you and I adore you. I know Thank that <laughs> writing is one of your favorite ways to express yourself. But you know, you couldn't have known where things were going, and so I want to know where you found the confidence to just get started.
1: I like to think of myself as a confident person mm-hmm. um, when I write. I try to be as I am as honest and raw. I mean, sometimes it's shocking. And I (laughs) I was raised to be a very private person. So I remember sitting at the computer ready to push the button that this thing was going to go live and really feeling scared. But, you know, you have to take chances in life. And I've never been risk averse. And, you know, there's points in time where, you know, I've felt very exposed and embarrassed mm-hmm. and, you know, it's, it's hard to put yourself out there, but I'm very glad I did.
0: Well, I'm a big fan of yours. I've read a lot of the things that you've written and I don't think you have anything to be embarrassed about.
1: <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> You're just vulnerable at that point. Right. And it, it
0: must've been a really empowering experience. I mean, not just the divorce and, and how this became a very healing way of working for you, but also because you are a private person and having the courage to press upload and put yourself out there, it probably helped you feel a little bit more in control of your story at a time that maybe you felt less in control. And I imagine that was a really empowering experience.
1: Everything felt out of control. So I started telling the story and It was unbelievable to me when people started writing to me that they were going through these experiences, men and women, Uh and just the, the stories that people were telling me. And, you know, I had a gentleman contact me and he had read something I wrote about infidelity and he sent me this long email telling me that he'd read one of my pieces and he had been cheating on his spouse. And because of what I wrote, he decided to stop. Wow. That is something I never in my wildest imagination could have ever conceived of. Yeah. And so I started realizing that, you know, I was having an impact not just on myself, but on other people. And then building this entity, this blog, and this resume of mine. So ultimately, I spun my business out of it. So I ended the blog, the blog ran for two years, and I started a business uh, providing writing services to individuals, to businesses, and it's been growing. It's just been steadily growing. And that's how I I came to Worthy. They came to me.
0: Right. I was just gonna say yeah. <laughs> it feels like you came home when you got to Worthy and we're we're such a nice fit for each other. And great fit. I wanna read a little excerpt from one of my favorite of your articles that you've written for us. It's called When I Realized a Diamond Isn't Always Forever. So this is a little piece of that article. You wrote Throughout my life, I haven't always made the best choices, and not every opportunity, including my marriage, worked out as I had hoped. But from every failure, I began making it a point to distill a practical takeaway and then redirect my efforts in a new direction. Once I did, slowly and more importantly, steadily, I started to build, not rebuild because that would imply I lost something along the way, and I refused to accept that. I love this. <laughs> and I think Thanks. after, you know, we talked about the beginning of your business and and the shift from your world being totally shaken to the opportunity to build something and, you know, as you wrote here, steadily finding that steady ground and building something for yourself on it. I think it's something that a lot of our listeners can really relate to and I think that's a really inspiring
1: message. Yeah, I think slow and steady wins the race. I mean, it's been slow going, but time goes by. We can't stop right. it. And it's been four years. That blog ran for two years. Actually, it's, I think I'm in my fifth year of of start. I think I i guess it's five years now that I've been writing. Y- you can look forward, but you still have to go slowly, take every day as it comes. and And the exciting part is you don't know what's going to come. Right the opportunities. And that that's really what's exhilarating.
0: Well, I think moving slow and steady is advice that I think people can swallow and hopefully helps people feel a little bit brave and a little bit more relaxed about the daunting and overwhelming experience of going through a divorce and rebuilding and and reinventing. So we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back to talk more about rewriting your story after divorce. Moving past divorce is hard enough without your old engagement ring staring you in the eye every time you open your jewelry box. Worthy, Provides the smart solution for women looking to safely elevate their rings from dusty relics of hard times to financial assets to help you embrace your fresh start. Worthy covers the cost of insurance, shipping, grading, and more. So if you're going to sell, sell smart with Worthy. Go to Worthy.com/slash podcast to get started. We're ready when you are. We are back with Stacy Freeman. Stacey, I want to ask you a little bit about what it was like starting a business. When you started Right on Track, had you ever had a business before? How did you know where to start?
1: I had tried my hands at a few things over the years. Uh So, you know, I came up with the name Right on Track LLC and, you know, set the business up and, started a website and I had never done that before. So I hired somebody to help. And I think that's a very important, you know, strategy. You need to bring in people to help because, you know, you have only so many hours in the day, especially someone like me who was raising, who is still raising children. Um, you have to maximize your time. So I had to look at where I needed help assistance and one of those things was with web design i don't do that and so you know like anything else you have to invest in yourself and you can find the resources they're always there you know maybe stop you know going out for coffee whatever you can take the money from somewhere Mm -hmm. sell things your diamonds you know (laughs) worthy helps us with a little plug there but uh (laughs) you have to invest in yourself. So I was going to invest in my business and I didn't do it all at once.
0: Yeah. I think you also, you mentioned also asking for help, being able to say, this is something I don't know how to do, or this is beyond what I'm capable of. And those are two really good pieces of advice, investing in yourself and knowing when to ask for help that I think a lot of people feel like they can't do either of those things. I think society tells, especially women, that it's selfish to be investing in yourself. And I think, you're such a good example of of how that can pay off.
1: No, you should invest in yourself. And also the other thing that I did was I spoke to everybody. Mm -hmm. I love talking to people and hearing their opinions and what they've done. And, you know, you have to learn how to be a good listener. And people really have, you don't even know, you could be speaking to someone you don't don't know that you've never met before, Mm -hmm. you know, that moment. And just this, tiny piece of information can be so life-changing. Yeah. So you really just have to learn how to be a good listener and to put yourself out there and ask questions.
0: Actually, this is like the perfect lead up into my next question. I want to <laughs> know, who were the people that helped you? I mean, you talked about this friend who gave you the advice to be entrepreneurial, and obviously you had your web designer, but I imagine that you you needed help with more than just the business, right?
1: Right. Well, I think inspiration comes from a lot of different places. Mm -hmm. And there were so many people along the way uh, that helped me, friends that were very supportive. You know, very early on, I showed different pieces of writing to different people. What do you think? You know, tell me the truth. Should I be doing this? And people came back with, you know, different opinions. And you kind of have to pick and choose what what you're going to listen to. And you have, one of the key things is the ability to make a decision. Right. At some point, you know, you're getting ten people telling you ten different things that you you really have to choose. You know what you're listening to, what you're not. So that's mm-hmm. a skill you build on. But I think first and foremost, the person that really inspired me the most is my mother, mm-hmm. because I was raised by a single mother. Uh, my father passed away when I was thirteen. And my mother really, she had been a stay-at-home mom as well, and really had to step up with very little resources, very little money, and raise two children by herself. And so, you know, I saw what it means to be resilient. I grew up very quickly, and I know what it is to be a strong person, be independent. Even in my marriage, even though I was a stay-at-home mom, we had a very equal balance of power, and we had our roles in the marriage, and we worked well that way. And so I I saw from my mother, first and foremost, what it means to be a strong woman. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, I've heard it said that a good example from your parents is one of the biggest luxuries in life. It gives you such a good head start. So I'm sure that you feel very lucky to have had that example for you growing up that, you know, maybe you didn't expect it to become relevant, but it did. And so you, you had that behavior modeled for you that you can be an amazing mother and you can be resilient and capable and not have a partner to help you through it.
1: Right. And, and those, those years were very hard. Sure. I had, you know, quote unquote, an unhappy childhood because of certain things that had happened you know including the death of a parent I had to move we didn't have a lot of money you know a lot of people could look at those experiences and say wow you know it was just terrible how could you have gone through these things but you know you have to focus on the positives that come out of those kind of situations and I think one of them you know has been being an independent person you know, learning how to make the best of a situation and learning how to survive because every day we survive, we're faced with different traumas and and different challenges. And you just have to push through even if it's, and I think this is important after divorce or any, any trauma, you know, it, it could be day by day, but it could also be hour by hour, minute by minute. You just have to keep moving forward, no matter what's going on around you. You just have to. Yeah.
0: Do you feel like your business helped you with that? Like it gave you something that you were focused on and a route to move forward?
1: My business, I consider my fourth child. It is my baby. It is my lifeblood. I take such pride and joy every time I walk down my stairs and sit at my desk every morning. And it, it I can't express to you the happiness it has brought me. During times where there's been so much sadness and struggle. But it's something I'm building and it builds every day. And, you know, I'm very proud of the work that I've done and continue to do. So, yeah.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> I love, I, that like gave me goosebumps. I really loved hearing <laughs> you say that.
1: Thank you. I think I think you just have to try. I mean, no matter what it is, you have to set yeah. your mind to something.
0: It's true. And you know, you are so obviously a person with strong conviction and the ability to push yourself forward and and I think that, you know, hearing you talk about these moments and you know We have so, so much of your story on our blog and and people can find it in other places too. But we'll put a couple of articles on the podcast page. You can go to worthy.com slash podcast to see a little bit more of the context. But I want to go back. We were just talking about how your mother was super helpful to you and you were talking a little bit about what it was like growing up with her being a single mom. Then you were telling us how your business is like your fourth child and you have all this pride and love. And I want to talk about your children. I want to know (laughs) how your business has changed your relationship with your kids. And and I want to know what they think of your
1: career. Okay. So this is interesting. (laughs) Um, So I, of course, was a full-time stay-at-home mom, carpooling everywhere and always available you know, their needs first, my ex-husband, he used to call me a martyr. So <laughs> I started my business because, you know, I wanted to build something that would eventually make money for me and my family. And I needed to set aside time for it. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden I had to tell my kids, no, I can't help you right now. No, I can't talk to you right now. Mommy's working. Right. And they didn't get it at first. It was just this foreign concept to them that I was not available every second of the day. But they got the hang of it. You know, it was funny at first because I could be on a work call and, you know, someone would come charging at me, screaming. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, talking on the phone. I'm so sorry. So, you know, now if I put my hand up, they know to back away. <laughs> or, you know, I'm good at waving people down. Yeah, they eventually got... hang of the fact that I can't be there every minute of the day. And it was funny, not that long ago, my I wrote about this in one of my articles. Mm -hmm. Uh, My daughter had another child in the house working on a project. And I I was sitting at my desk, you know, writing, doing whatever for the business. And you know, she said to my daughter, and my daughter told me this after the, the kid went home, she said, you know, what is your mom doing? And so my daughter said, oh, she has her own business and she's a writer. And the kid, you know, said, oh, that's cool. And my daughter said that she felt very proud of me when her friend said, you know, that's really cool that your mom does that. And so, you know, I'll probably choke up, but I, I it was such a sense of accomplishment for me. Of
0: course. Yeah. It's like the dream, right? It was a dream. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, this is one of my favorite stories that you've told on on our blog, you know, so many people have mommy guilt. And our friend Emma Johnson talks about how like our kids don't need us as much as we feel like they need us. And I think this story of your daughter's friend being like, oh, that's cool. And then your daughter thought it was cool is just so powerful because it's just that little piece of evidence that I think some of us need to feel like it's okay to throw ourselves into our careers a little bit more and embrace that. And I want to share a Another excerpt from another one of your articles that's one of my very favorites that's also about empowering your kids. This one is called How I Empowered My Daughters After Becoming a Single Mom. And this was such a great article. We have this framed in our New York office. I think we got a picture of you next to it.
1: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> love
0: that's one that. of the cutest <laughs> images, too. That was a really special one. But, okay, so I'm going to read this excerpt. It's a little short. So you wrote... What troubled me most about taking my husband back was the risk I ran of communicating to my two daughters and my son that cheating or being cheated on was in any way acceptable behavior from them or their spouses. That was not a message I ever wanted to send. So maybe we need a little bit of context for this. Tell us a little bit about what was going on here.
1: So... You know, I was with my husband for a very long time. We were high school sweethearts, had never broken up. And, you know, I really wanted to try and make things work and to see if we could work through our issues. And I wanted to see if I could be that woman. And, you know, we went to a session of marriage counseling and, you know, we kind of gave it a try for, I'd say, a few days, less than a week, and then I decided. You know what? His head wasn't there. I wasn't that woman, and I needed to put an end to this part of my past and move forward. And that's when uh, I told him to get a lawyer. I had retained one already, and I wanted to show my kids that this is not acceptable behavior. That. In any circumstance, whether you're talking about cheating or abuse or anything, that you can walk away Mm -hmm. with your head held high, and it's okay. You know this. This is happening around you, but you can you can walk away. As you know, you said in the other quote of mine, you redirect. Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think it takes a lot of courage to be able to do that, and I think it takes a really special woman in the midst of all of those incredibly overwhelming feelings
1: to be able to look at it that way. But I'm not special. I just want to emphasize that I'm regular. Like, this is something anyone can do. You know, there's nothing special about anything that's happened here. My story is is very common. It's ordinary.
0: But at the same time, none of us are really ordinary, right? I mean, you have accomplished some really amazing things. And that's wonderful. But you're right that that none of this is something that somebody else who's listening
1: can't accomplish as well. Right. That's that's what I want to emphasize. I'm like, you know, so many other women faced with these problems and you you either sink or swim.
0: Right. So, I have some more general questions about your life since your divorce and then we might get a little bit back to the business. But so <laughs> I want to know what is the best advice you got after your divorce, and what is the worst advice you got after your divorce?
1: The best advice, um, I think, really the best advice I got was to become an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. That was the single best piece of advice that I got because it really forced me to rethink my life. The worst piece of advice, probably, just to do what you know I had been trained to do, which was become a lawyer. And I think that had I gone that path, I just, I would have been very unhappy. And I think you can't be successful at something that you're not happy doing.
0: That's so true.
1: Yeah. I think you really have to get up every day and love what you do. And, and being that I was presented with this opportunity that, you know, I had enough unhappiness in my life that I wanted to follow my heart, you know, at 40 years old. I think it was about time. Yeah, (laughs) that's
0: great. So what is the thing that you're the most proud of since your divorce?
1: My kids, my kids, they are amazing. Uh, They're, they're successful. They're well adjusted. They have a great relationship uh, with me, with their father, despite everything that had happened between my husband and myself we both have great relationships with the children that's wonderful and we have a nice rapport with each other mm-hmm. as well and so we can sit at a table and have a meal we can joke we can talk about you know if, if things other than you know our divorce we can talk about events going on in the world and have a conversation and that comes with time and acceptance and uh you know you you have shared part of your life together you've children you're forever connected and you just, you have to embrace that. Yeah. It's not just acceptance. It's embracing it for the, for the benefit of everybody, for not just for the children, but, you know, for yourself.
0: So you were just saying that you have shared this major piece of your life together. And especially in your case, I mean, a high school sweetheart is not not a big deal. I mean, that's a lot of your life. So, But you you do write a lot about your divorce. And I'm wondering, like, what are the limits there? What do you feel like you owe him when you talk about your marriage and the end of your marriage and the life that you had together?
1: Well, obviously, everybody has their own truth. Mm -hmm. So it's the truth as we see it. Um, I think that and I think he would agree that I think I've been very fair to and honest talking about, um, what has happened between us. I I've owned a lot of the pain I've caused and I understand the pain he went through. Mm -hmm. And I try to, in my writing, celebrate the years that we spent together. We did have many, many wonderful years and experiences together. We created these children. We had a family and, a lot of bad things happened between us. I, mean, I don't think you can argue against that, but I think that I, I I've tried to be very fair as as owning my par- my yeah. part in the divorce. I, I would mean,
0: say, you know, obviously I'm not part of the divorce, but I think that right. that you're you're writing while it's totally honest and it feels like you're not holding back. It's it is fair, and there's nothing unkind about sharing your honest experience and, you know, it's okay to share your experiences with other people and connect with them in that way. And, and it's nice that you guys have a relationship where you can do that. Is there any topics that are off limits for you? Is there anything that you won't write about?
1: I don't ever mention people's names. Mm -hmm. I I would never compromise somebody's privacy. Uh, I'm very careful about that. It's it's always my experience. Obviously, you know people impact me in different ways, but I'm very very careful not to compromise anyone's privacy. You have to really respect other people and the things that they go through. And you know, I, I try to be good to the people that have been good to me, and even the ones that haven't been good to me. I, I write from a first person perspective, so. Um, I, I, I try to be very conscious of what other people are going through and how they would react to something that I've written.
0: Well, Stacy, I think we're going to get ready to wrap things up, but before I let you go, I just want to thank you both for writing for us and, and for sharing your story on this episode of our podcast. And you are such an incredible example of how you can rewrite your story after divorce and you can create a life for yourself that you never imagined possible. And I'm sure that you are such an inspiration for so many of our readers and we're really, really lucky to have you. I want to end with a excerpt from not just your most popular article on our blog, but the most popular article we've ever had. I don't know if you know, and maybe I'll get in trouble for saying this, but it was so popular that when the first giant wave of traffic hit our site, it crashed the whole site.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it crashed the whole All site. Right. And it's it's a little bit of a coincidence because it's it's an article about how strong single women are, single moms are, and it, it knocked wow. the website off the internet. <laughs> so <laughs> this article is called Nine Qualities, A Single Mom Embodies That Make Her a Real-Life Wonder Woman. So we'll link to this one too so people can find it at worthy.com slash podcast. This is a little piece of it. For those of us going it alone, some or all of the time – Who are single moms raising kids, taking care of our homes, and growing our careers, Diana embodies many of the qualities that we single moms possess, but may not always congratulate ourselves for exemplifying. Trust me when I tell you, every single mom I know, including me, is a real-life wonder woman. And you really are a real-life wonder woman, Stacey, and we are so Thank lucky you. to have you. And I I really am so excited for people to get to hear your story and, and feel that same kind of confidence and courage as they move on into the next chapter of their life. So the last question is, what is your best tip for somebody who feels totally... Shaken and wants to embrace that next chapter.
1: A better day is coming. Just follow your heart. That's wonderful. That's it. It's that simple. Just know that.
0: Well, thank you so, so much. This has been fantastic, and we'll have to have you back soon.
1: Thank you so much. And I'm so happy to be a part of the worthy family.
0: We wouldn't be worthy without you, Stacy. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> Thanks again to Stacey Freeman for joining us, and to all of you for listening. Next week we will be joined by Audrey Cade, who you may know as Divorce Warrior. She is one of our favorite writers about divorce, remarriage, and blended families. You guys are not going to want to miss the story of how she went from being a single mom of two to the matriarch of a blended family of eight. So make sure that you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle in your feed weekly. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. Thanks for listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy, dedicated to celebrating women like you as you embrace a new beginning after divorce, separation, or whatever. Worthy is an online auction platform designed to help you sell valuable items like an engagement ring or a wedding set. When you decide to send your ring in, we pay for the shipping and insurance to ensure that it arrives safely to our New York office. Once we receive the ring, we have it professionally graded and photographed, which helps it sell competitively in our buyer network. One of the best parts of working with Worthy is that you get to set the minimum on your item. After the grading, our gemologists will give you a recommended selling minimum, but at the end of the day, you get to decide how little you're willing to sell the ring for. If the highest bid comes in below that threshold and you decide not to accept it, we'll send you your ring back and we'll even cover the costs of the insured shipping again. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Are you ready to embrace your fresh start? Us too! Go to worthy.com slash podcast to learn more.